Pastor Ed Taylor says there are times when God will send off an alarm in our lives and help us determine right from wrong. You and I might occasionally be wrong, but the Spirit of God is never wrong. If He's bringing that to light something that's truth, something that is unrighteous, unholy, He's doing that for a purpose, to protect the flock and to protect you and me. You, you may be picking up on something in someone's life that nobody sees. You're walking in the Spirit. You're in tune with Him. Those are signs that the Spirit of God is moving. You'll sense that power of darkness strongly and clearly. You might even describe it as, I feel it. I feel the presence of evil. I sense it. And you'll be able to see and think beyond what is material as God gives you what He sees and thinks about the matter, which is very powerful. This is amazing grace. If you're a Christian, I'm sure you've experienced it and perhaps didn't even realize what was happening. You encounter a situation or a person and something doesn't sit well with you. There's a check in your spirit. You can't put your finger on it at the moment. Sound familiar? Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor will speak about this common experience. The Holy Spirit wants to help us tell the difference between good and evil. And at times, He'll send off an alarm in our lives. It's this manifestation of the discerning of spirits that will receive our time and attention as we turn back to 2 Samuel 15. How vital it is for us to rely upon the Holy Spirit's help and His discernment in every area of our life. Every, even godly people miss it. I mean, it's not just like the super spiritual have the discernment and the not so spiritual don't get... No, everybody blows it. You remember Samuel when he went to go look for the next king with David? The first guy he saw, that this is the guy. And God said, that's not the guy. You look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. And, and that's where God revealed to him David, the ruddy kid that was out. Even Samuel makes mistakes. He's, this, it happens to all of us. The Lord doesn't see as man sees. And we want to see what he sees. We want him to open our eyes. We, we want to know his ways. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We want his thoughts and we want his ways. I hope you pray for that. I hope you ask God, I want to see what you see, Lord. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I don't understand. It just doesn't seem right. The story doesn't sound legit. The pieces don't add up. They said this, but then I saw this, and, and I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to come to a conclusion yet. But I'm going to wait on you for revelation. This is where the manifestation of the discerning of spirits comes in helping us both to see and to think what God sees and thinks. The literal gifting of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is the ability to discern, or the word discern means to tell the difference, to be able to tell the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong, between something that is holy and unholy, something that's righteous and unrighteous. And we open ourselves up to this wonderful gifting by simply obeying what God tells us through John when he writes in 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, 
But test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13, listen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers, the devil's ministers, also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Because Jesus said, Jesus said that you'll know a tree by its fruit. And those of you that know, when it's winter time, there's no fruit on the tree, so you can't really tell. You've got to wait for the process, and you've got to wait for some time. But believe me, the Bible says there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. Test the spirits. Pray for the Lord to give you the discernment that you need in order for you. Some of you are much more sensitive to this than others. Some of you walk in the manifestation of the discerning of spirits much more than others. And it it puts you in a very uncomfortable place, doesn't it? Because you see things that nobody else sees. And you hear, you just happen to hear things that nobody else hears. And you just happen to be the one that can put the pieces together and finally speaks up. But it seems like you're the one that's always speaking up because God is using you in a way because you are sensitive to the work of the Spirit in your life. And it can get you so uncomfortable that you stop speaking up. And I would just encourage you, don't stop speaking up. You are a very important piece of the body of Christ. And we need people with eyes, spiritual eyes, and a spiritual sensitivity to that which is wrong within the body. The manifestation of the discerning of spirits is a supernatural insight that is God gives behind a spirit, behind a person, or behind an event. It's the God-given ability to distinguish truth from error based upon the Word of God and the clear witness of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural understanding given to get to the heart of someone's motivation and the motivation behind, or the motivation behind a person or an event. Where you can, oftentimes you'll be accused of just, you just cut to the heart. Because that's how God uses you. And you're often able to just see behind all the hypocrisy, behind all of the lies, you can just tell. I was speaking to a mom earlier today, and, and as she was describing to me one of the interactions with one of her kids, she, she was describing this to me as a mom, just the mom intuition, let alone the spiritual gifting of the discerning of spirits. You go, I knew he was, I knew something was up, I just couldn't prove it. I couldn't, I just, I knew it, but I just didn't have the facts to bring it about. And then, of course, later on, she was right, and it was proven to be right. God wants to operate through this manifestation throughout the church. But what he isn't wanting to do is to create in the church. There is, there is a gifting of the manifestation of spirits, but there's not a gifting of sin sniffing and finding everything wrong with everybody and being very gracious. Because if you're, if you're a sin sniffer, you know everything stinks. You know, the first person you forgot to sniff was yourself. And there is no spiritual gifting. There's no calling to be the critical, condemning, finding fault in everyone. That's not what this is at all. That's not the heart of God. That's not his desire. But it is a, it is a, a presence and a, a revelation of the Spirit in our lives that will cut through all the confusion and concerns to get to the heart of the matter. Many times it begins with an uneasy feeling or an impression about a person or a situation, but you don't know exactly what's going on. It's one of those I can't put my finger on it moments where you just, you know, you, you don't even, you might even feel like you don't want to feel that way. Where, you know, there's something, but man, it's just me, you know, it's just me, it's probably just me, and maybe it is you. That's one of the difficulties. Maybe it is you, maybe it's the Lord. That's why you have to pray. 
But I have to say, when the Spirit of God is moving in your life in that way, He's never wrong. You and I might occasionally be wrong, but the Spirit of God is never wrong. If He's bringing that to light something that's truth, something that is unrighteous, unholy, He's doing that for a purpose, to protect the flock and to protect you and me. You, you may be picking up on something in someone's life that nobody sees. You're walking in the Spirit. You're in tune with Him. Those are signs that the Spirit of God is moving. You'll sense that power of darkness strongly and clearly. You might even describe it as, I feel it. I feel the presence of evil. I sense it. And you'll be able to see and think beyond what is material as God gives you what He sees and thinks about the matter, which is very powerful. Now, one of the difficulties with the move of the Spirit in this way is that you can, see, you can see clearly the fraud, but not everyone sees the same thing. And so it makes you kind of an isolated person as you wait on the Lord. And you're actually amazed when people want to fight with you about it and even take the side of evil against you. And those are those times where your walk with the Lord has to be very, very strong, and you have to learn how to abide in him while you wait because you don't take out the... While God is wanting to work in his church, remember, our, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So you don't want to, you know, take things into your own hands and try to, hey, if the Lord is revealing something, he's going to reveal it. No doubt about it. We just need to be patient, waiting on the Lord. And on occasion, you know, people just don't see what you see. It's just unfortunate. The manifestation of the discernment protects us from false teachers, false teachings, and people that want to take advantage of the congregation. Paul would write to Titus about people, and I quote Titus 1, uh, 11, mouths that must be stopped. That's a pretty strong phrase. What do you mean? Paul, I'm pastoring a church, and there's going to be people that they have to stop their mouths? Yes. Yeah. Not only that, in Acts chapter 20, Paul's writing to the elders in Ephesus. He's speaking to them and he says, after my departure, savage wolves will come in and not sparing the flock and they'll rise up speaking perverse things. Often the manifestation of the discerning of spirits has everything to do with the words of a person. Why? Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And oftentimes you'll see this gifting specifically related to words, to what is being said. There are many today trying to deceive those in the church. They'll come to your door. They'll offer you another gospel. They'll preach to you another Jesus, try to hand you another testament of Jesus, offer to come into your house and study with you. Uh, they have slick-looking graphics, brand-new websites. In your spirit, you just know it's wrong. This, this isn't right. You, you may not be the biggest Bible scholar I mean, as a new believer, God can give you this manifestation. You go, ah, I don't know a lot about the Bible, but you sound whacked. <laughs> of course, you probably wouldn't say that, but perhaps you would. Maybe that's your inside voice. And your outside voice says, yeah, come on back. I'll bring my pastor here with you, and we can, oh, no, no, we don't, I don't talk to your pastor. We already have his address, and he's marked off. We don't go to his door anymore. <laughs> we don't want to talk to him. But it's often with words and teachings and and the way people present themselves. Absalom, what is he doing? He's doing things subtly with his presentation and his words. 
Anybody would have been able, if they were sensitive enough to the reality of David and the kingdom and the, the types of responsibilities, a simple like, you know what? You haven't been around for five years, Absalom. You haven't been around for years. Now all of a sudden you show up and you're even trying to take the place. No, you know, we don't really have anybody speaking up. But if you were sensitive to the whole situation, you go, no, you know, David's been faithful for five years, bro. Where you been? I heard you're a murderer. Did you go to jail for that? But nothing's happening. He's got the appearance. He's got the words. And as you, in your spirit, recognize that something's wrong, you're back off. You may not know why. It seems to appear okay, but you know that this is wrong and you're not going to meet him again. Sometimes it happens interpersonally, just with another person. As a person keeps coming to you and wanting to blame somebody else for a situation. It just seems like every, this person always comes, but it's always somebody else's fault. And in your sense, you're like, no, I, I just don't think it's true. I, I mean, I'm trusting what you say, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Something's not up. It just doesn't seem right. That doesn't sound like that person. It doesn't sound like their character. And you always come in to blame them and always talk. And, you know, I just don't, or, or like Absalom, you know, David and his guards, you know, my dad and all his kingdom, they're, they're too busy for you. But you're like, no, last time I was there, he served me. Last time he was there, I, he called me. Last time I was there, they took good care of me. What's changed now? Just that little bit of hesitancy. If you'll be sensitive to that, God wants to lead you. And it can be pretty subjective at times. You know, it's not like you can put your finger on it. But anytime that comes up, prayerfully, and I don't, I don't know that I'm 100% perfect in this, but I, to me, that is a red light. It just stop right there. I just need to stop. I don't want to continue to walk in any confusion. I don't want to continue to walk without any clarity. And it's just word from the Lord for me to stop and begin to pray and seek out God for the answer. There's a reason why he would pause me. Most of the time, we'll discern things by Scripture. I can't tell you how many times, especially when it comes to interpersonal things or my responsibility as a pastor, where the Lord will give me a specific Scripture that speaks specifically to the situation in front of me. I mean, just, just exactly what's needed to not only give forth the, the answer to the person in front of me, but to stamp it with God's approval because this is the Scripture that describes the situation. Um, it, it is amazing. And it's not one of those things where, you know, I'm looking, for the, I'm looking for the Lord's discernment. I'm looking for the Lord's discernment. All right, here it is. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of an animal. And let seven times, I mean, it's like, that's the word. I mean, it's, it's like God is going to speak to you and he's going to reveal to you. Remember what the Spirit of God does? He leads you into all truth. He brings to your remembrance what? Things that you have been taught. And the Lord is doing, there's no pressure on you. Just stop. Wait on the Lord. There's no pressure on you to figure anything out. You know, and you know, you can get the sense too that something's really up when the person begins to pressure you. So come on, this, no, I just need to wait, man. I don't know. I, don't, I, just, think, I, I just think this, is, this, this isn't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's not that I don't like you or anything. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I just need to know. I, I don't know, bro. I just, I just can't go forward. The Lord won't give me permission. And people will pressure you not to walk in the Spirit, right? Because the fruit of the Spirit is, one of the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. That we would be able to wait. Whatever your gut feeling is at the time will help you to re immediately realize that you need to be open to the Spirit. One thing I like to say is go with your spiritual gut. You know that gut feeling you have? Go with your spiritual gut. Pause. Again, those of you that experience this gifting in your life, those of you, you have to be very careful, number one, not to cut people off because you might be wrong. Uh, number two, not to be gracious. 
One of the things we have been taught over the years, and I passed down as well, is that if we're going to err, we need to learn how to err on the side of grace. And so people will often misunderstand decisions that I make and think I should make it faster, or they always, you know, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding, but it's often I'm just waiting. I'm just going to wait. I've just got to wait. I'm just going to wait on the Lord, and that's a gracious attempt to see if God will reveal what we need to know so that once it's revealed... Once something's revealed, then you can deal with it. Once something's admitted, then you can deal with it. That's the very beginning with those of you guys that have battled uh, addictions. You know, you've got to admit it. Everybody else sees it. Now you admit it, and there's freedom. There's freedom for you when you go, you know what? This is just wrecking my life. And when something's revealed, brought to light, that's where you begin to see the work of the Holy Spirit. You just got to see and wait for the Lord. It's all throughout the Bible. Jesus operated in this in John chapter 2, verse 25, where it says that he did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. That came from a knowledge of the Holy Spirit in his life. In John chapter 6, verse 64, the Bible says that Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that did not believe and who would betray him. Jesus exercised this with Peter because don't you think you've got to understand, I mean, you've got to put yourself with the disciples. When Peter speaks up in the boldness that he normally has as the leader that he was, and Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. How would you feel if you were there going, whoa, Jesus, hey, Jesus just called him the devil. <laughs> and wait, I mean, that would, like, that was a word. Why wasn't anybody else hearing the devil in his voice? Because Jesus was operating in the spirit. And he did. He says, what you're saying right now, Peter, words, what you're saying right now is from the devil. Get behind me. I don't accept it. I don't receive it. I, I looked through in the New Testament when Peter stood up, and, and you know, Peter learned his lesson. He grew when he stood up and he proclaimed the lying lips of Ananias and Sapphira. You're light of the Holy Spirit. Imagine how bold you had to be to be able to say, You are a liar. And everybody else goes, Ooh. Because they couldn't see it. If we didn't have the text, we wouldn't know that they took money back that they committed to God 100% and put 50% in their pocket. Nobody would know that. It, who cares? Nobody knows what they sold. I mean, I guess the escrow people, and it would eventually come out. But in the moment, they brought what they had, and there's like, yeah, just like Barnabas. Oh, look at what givers they are. And Peter gets up and goes, you're a liar. You're going to die. Oh, the Spirit of God. Praise God that's never happened to me that God isn't doing that today, you know, just zapping us for being dishonest. The church would be empty. <laughs> but I can say very clearly that the Lord has revealed liars to me right in front of me without all the facts. Sometimes you find out liars with the facts. You, know, you do a few phone calls, a few questions. You go, man, you're just not telling the truth. But there are other times where I could, the Lord just says, they're not telling the truth. And I'll just, like, you got to be bold to do that because, like, you're either hearing from the Spirit or you're not hearing from the Spirit. And you just want to be sensitive. More often than not with me, it happens with finding the facts and other people speaking up finally. But I want to work in this. I want to walk in the Spirit. John, Peter and John happen in Acts chapter 8 with a man named Simon who is trying to take advantage of the church through the spiritual gifts and Paul's ministry with Bar-Jesus. The manifestation of discerning is so important because false prophets, false teachers, posers, fakers, people that would want to do you harm often have truth coming out of their lips. 
not everything they say is false. Because if you have someone where everything they say is false, that's pretty easy. But that's not how the devil works. He's subtle, manipulative, coercive, hiding, deceitful, all of the things of darkness. Out of fellowship with God, the Bible says that if we walk in the light, in 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God and with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. In the light is the best place to be. Not hiding anything. Not, not, not hiding anything, but walking in the light. That's where freedom is. And of course, the discerning of spirits will reveal things that are in the dark often. There would be no need for the Spirit to help us if false teachers, liars, and deceivers would just announce themselves. Imagine the doorstep. Imagine the doorbell on Saturday morning. Well, hello. Well, that wasn't the doorbell. That was actually them knocking because your doorbell doesn't work. So they went to the door and they were knocking and you open the door and they say, hello, we are your friendly neighborhood cult house and we have come to lie to you, steal your heart from God, and take your money the rest of your life. Can we come in for a Bible study? <laughs> we wouldn't need the manifestations of the Spirit. People wouldn't fall for that nonsense. They wouldn't move into the realm of cults and false teachers if everything was so revealed. And that's why cults like Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and this new one that's running rampant in our city about the mother God and all that nonsense that they hit you up in the DVD aisle at Walmart and at the library, it's all so wrong. And they have it wrong with who Jesus Christ is, the character and nature of God. We don't need to get into all the doctrine. We don't need to get into all the weird stuff. Just who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is not Michael the archangel. Jesus Christ is not uh, the spirit brother of Lucifer. Jesus Christ is not the child of Father God and Mother God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. No other name under heaven by which a man might be saved. He alone died for your sins, rose again the third day, and he has the power to forgive you of your sins. The real danger of a false prophet is that you can be drawn into the net unawares as he'll throw out a few hooks, get you to distrust what the church has taught you, and then say you really can't trust the Bible either. And you need to get our books, and you need our help to interpret the scriptures. The discernment of spirits is very significant, and I'm certain it's operated in your lives many times, even without your knowledge. You get that uneasy feeling about someone, seems to say or do the right things, but you sense something is not quite right. There's something you can't put your finger on, and then you get that. I also refer to it as a check in my spirit. I just get a check. And out of the pause, with a little bit of time, things are revealed and the truth is revealed. And ultimately what the Lord wants is he wants false teachers to become true teachers. He wants people to get saved. It's not God's heart to destroy. It's God's heart to protect and redeem and restore. It's God's heart for those that are in error to be made right. If you're here today and you have come specifically to take advantage of a woman, God's heart for you is not to destroy you. God's heart for you is to have his heart so you might see women as a way where you value them, you love them and serve them, and don't take advantage of another woman the rest of your life. That's God's heart for you. And that happens by you coming into repentance and humbling yourself before God and gaining his heart for women as well as you women for men. That's his heart for you. He doesn't want you to destroy it. Pastor Ed Taylor reminding us of God's heart to save, not to destroy. Today on Abounding Grace, we've been learning about the God-given ability to discern right from wrong. 
It's a message we've titled, Seeing Behind the Spiritual Facade. If you missed the first portion that we aired last time, request a CD copy for just $2. Call us right now at 877-30-GRACE or access the audio file at calvaryaurora.org. Sometime today, download the Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps and listen and learn to more great Bible teaching wherever you go. Do a search for Calvary Aurora. Just think what would happen if we prayed how Jesus taught us to. No doubt we'd be more bold and persistent. This month, we're pleased to offer you an excellent book written by Manny Mill called Radical Prayer. In it, you'll get a glimpse at the power of prayer according to God's will. And I think you'll be left encouraged to pray more expectantly with persistence and boldness. We'll send this to you with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more. Here at Abounding Grace, we're thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to share the word all over the country. But we can't do it without the support of our listeners. If you'd like to stand with us, please call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org. Pastor Ed Taylor picks up where we left off in our study of 2 Samuel next time on Abounding Grace. Set aside another half hour to join us for more Bible study and application. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.